0: Graves.
1: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought.
2: Grainy's Graves.
1: Everyone in this room is now
2: dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
0: Grainy's grades.
3: Ed Graney is not here. And we have a new substitute teacher. It's Doug Douglas. But you told me
2: before, you've been a teacher before? Yeah, I was like a teacher a, before I was in radio. That's like a, a real teacher? Well, oh, I taught at uh, community college. So, okay. And I taught at a uh, private institute too. That is what I did before I came here. So this is going to be the most legitimate Graney's grades. <laughs> Well, okay. ever done. having listened to uh, many of grades, I would say it would hard to be more illegitimate <laughs> than it normally is. All right. The first subject Checked. grade is Nick Suzuki. Wow. I'll tell you what. He looked fast and uh, angry at times. You know what? Angry. I'll give him a solid C.
3: Solid C. So you're already taking advantage of our extra voice work in there with the solid. Hey, I'm I,
2: I know Leon. I know the voice guy. <laughs> Gotta make him work. He's sitting there in Florida right now just waiting for Jared to hit a button. These so, are all live. So Nick Suzuki, he had the best
3: expected goals rate and second best Corsi of any Canadian last night and had the second most like individual scoring chances. He was actually really good. And what was maybe the biggest concern for the Golden Knights after that game is that the Canadians line with Suzuki Dominated the Golden Knights top line. When Pacioretti was on the ice with Suzuki, 85% Corsi in favor of Montreal, 95% expected goals in favor of Montreal. Now, Vegas did score the one goal that was when those That's... two were on the ice, the Shea Theodore shot. Um, but the actual numbers show that the Golden Knights first line wasn't actually that good last night, and Suzuki won eleven faceoffs.
2: But I will say this, you're not going to get above average or excellent if you don't score a goal. Granted, I heard what you say many times. Hockey is a lot of puck luck and luck, but still, hey, that's an average performance. Yeah. He gets a B from me.
3: B. He was softy. He was one of the Canadians best players, but he didn't score and he didn't get a point or anything like that. And hell, Montreal, they gave up two goals when he was on the ice and he wasn't on the ice for a goal. So just listen. If Montreal, like, if they score when he's on the ice, even if he's not involved, it's an A.
2: But a. they gave up a goal, so it, you can't give him... He, it was, is this the pep talk for Nick in case he's listening this morning? You know, you could get an A
3: tomorrow. Right. Well, yes, if he's he's a. playing specifically to get an A in Granny's A. Grades. Aspire for greatness. Yes. That right. makes sense. Next topic, press box favorite, grading the siren craze. Oh, yeah. Yannick Ngakwe.
2: First of all, I disagree. I think this is what I disagree most with you and Ed on. <laughs> in the history. <laughs> now A is excellent. A. And I'm gonna have to go well no, I'm not giving an A. <laughs> Jared just I'm gonna have the button to go I am gonna have say. to go incomplete.
0: Incomplete.
2: Here's the reason why. I, because I do work there, I did not see this one.
4: Oh, okay. So that's why okay. I, I'm
2: going to step back on that one. That's I apologize. Fine. That's fine. Um, that has never stopped Ed from grading something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that. So that shows that he's
4: an actual teacher. Uh, I didn't. I didn't read it. I can't grade. it. So the good
3: thing about this is we have now seen multiple raiders do this. We have very good comparisons, and Yannick Ngakwe gets an F. Oh if. like Jonathan Abram far and away has been the best raider to do this. I would have to agree and I know who I would go with second. I would go Carr. I would go Max Crosby second. I think he was better. Derek Carr third. Not a big difference between two and three. Oh. Okay, but I I'll thought let... Crosby was better.
2: We're cutting, splitting hairs, we as are. Well, stay in France.
3: Ed thinks Derek Carr's was like the best that anybody has ever done for some oh, reason. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But I think it was good. Uh, Ridiculous. I would still give that an A. He gets a B. A, Abram gets the B. A. Derek Carr and Max Crosby get are the B. Are you grading
2: on a curve? There's only one A allowed?
3: No, no. We could give out another A. Okay. Somebody comes out there and throws the siren into the crowd. That'd be an A. A. Right, a little minus. dangerous. But Yannick Ngakwe gets an F. F. He was the worst. There you go. He F was F the worst. The worst. But I will give him an A. A. Because he's at camp this week. He was not, <laughs> He didn't he was, want to injure himself. He was not at the siren. He was not at the voluntary practices the last three weeks, or at least that the media saw. But he is. So he gets an A for that. All right. A. I'm hoping you saw this one,
2: Kevin Kruger's siren crank. Oh, All right. I was. I was. Uh, <laughs> that is. Well, I'm going to seem like just a. Uh, same but that is, to me, a solid C. And I'll break it down. I'll break it solid down. Why is a C? All right, let's, that's what we're here for. Because, A, anytime it looks a. like that it's causing pain to the person doing the siren, <laughs> that knocks you down, Especially a young person. You know what? When Wayne Newton does it, hey, that's all right. You can be here or there. Kevin, I mean, if that was your dad, Lon, eh, but I thought he was going to hurt himself. He was like, okay. And then stopped way too soon. Way too soon. So, Thought he was going to hurt himself. Stopped way too soon. Wasn't an F. Showed some enthusiasm. F. You know, I think... No, no, wasn't an F. I thought, you know, he was happy with uh, the people there. But uh, that, to me, that's a solid C. Solid C. That's, I think, exactly
3: what I expected Kevin Krueger to do as a siren crank. Like, you got sort of the standard yelling, let's go, and doing, like, the arm wave to get the crowd fired up. And then And then a short siren crank. Like, it's... Kevin Kruger might be like the most even-keeled person in sports history. You might be. I think you're <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's unreal. So Check. I, I think you gave him a good grade. I think C is the right grade for him. C. Thank you. I, I'm here for your approval, Tyler. But that's the whole point of the segment: is for people to get our approval or disapproval. <laughs> yes. So. No, Marcus Arroyo. Arroyo's been the the best of any UNLV coach to go to up top there. That, yeah, uh, and TJ Otzelberger was uh, also very good because he looked kind of insane when he did it. I am just I have I have not seen Lindy the Rocks. Oh, she, I saw that one. I was not in person no. when she did it, and I, I, I there's not a video. I haven't seen a video of Lindy Rock doing the siren. So. That one is incomplete for me. I don't know if she was better than incomplete. Kevin Kruger. or not. I would
2: say C+. Plus. C+. Plus, C+. Right. So slightly plus. better than Kevin Kruger. Yes, I didn't right. feel there was that chance she was going to injure herself.
3: <laughs> okay, the next topic, and this might just be for me. I don't even know if you're going to give a grade on this, but the proper spelling of the word Canadian. Ooh. Do you know why the Canadians, Montreal Canadians, is spelled with an E and not an A?
2: I have to give myself an F. I should know that.
3: Right. F. So I was very confused last night because at one point I went to send a tweet with the word Canadian. And I was like, I don't know how to spell this and had to look it up.
2: That's never stopped Jared from tweeting. And
3: never does. So this goes back to earlier in the show, if you heard me ripping on the French language and how. Oh, yes, I did. We've got the calls already. Um, Canadian with an E is specifically
2: for French Canadians. Oh.
3: Canadian with an A is for everybody else in Canada who's not French-Canadian. He
2: does seem a little more haughty.
3: Yes. So French-Canadians were like, no, no, we can't be the same as you. We're going to spell this differently.
2: Isn't it amazing how people who consider people condescending are often snarky themselves? Oh, absolutely. I'll just it's leave it at that. It's
3: easiest to pick them out. I absolutely know. So... The grade I'm giving out here is an A plus A because plus. they're fulfilling my own stereotype of French Canadians that they look down on everybody. So by having a completely different, we don't even do that here. Like Americans are like, ah, we can't spell it the same as these other. Americans. I think
2: uh, I think other people outside of this state spell Nevada a different way. They pronounce it a different <laughs> way. They might spell it a different way. All right, next topic: the nickname for Cole Caulfield of Goal Caulfield. Love it because I did hear your rant and I agree with you on this 100%. So, first of all, grade A. A. But everybody, I have a nickname there. Mine is, guess what my nickname is? Dougie. Well, it, that would make sense. It's going to give away my real last name, Marshy. Marshy. Yes. Yeah. So there's Marchie, who's Jonathan Marsh, so. And then there's <laughs> Marshy, who's Doug Douglas. So it, it's, it's, it's out of the norm. You know, it's not, yeah. it's different. So, there's a little creativity there. Now, I'm grading a second grader's drawing that's going to go up on the refrigerator. That's an A. A. This is not a collegiate level. No, not name. by any
3: means. Is this like we're walking away saying but it's I'm one grading of the, best on the second grade level? Ever. But yes, um, the actual best part of this is after Caulfield scored, uh, NBC Sports showed his family in the stands, and his parents both have on a jersey But his brother had on a t-shirt that just said goal Caulfield on it. (laughs) Phenomenal t-shirt. And if my brother was any good at a sport and had a nickname like that, that's the only shirt I would ever wear. So A plus for the shirt. A plus. Next topic. The giant knight's helmet that the Golden Knights skate out of now has laser eyes. Elvis? Yeah, that's right. I forgot he has a name, Elvis. But he now has (laughs) laser eyes.
2: Yeah. When I saw that, you know what I said? I don't think yeah, that's triple A plus. Triple A plus. A plus. A plus. A plus.
4: You know what
3: it reminded me of? The pregame show they did, was it two seasons ago? Where there was the players dressed up as cowboys, <laughs> the Golden Knight, and a helicopter. Where yes, they, yes. they took a pregame show and we had three different eras of the world were blended into one. That's kind of what this is, because I'm imagining, like, whatever, in medieval times, some knight with a helmet, and he's just got, like, flashlights blaring out of his helmet. You wouldn't know what that was. You'd be horrified at that.
2: When you have a pre-game thing and there's five warnings beforehand about, (laughs) now, if you're sensitive to lights or lasers, I was like, oh, yeah, count me in. Let's see what's going on. Wait, wait, where do you go? Because you can't hide from it in the concourse, can you? Uh, well, if you were if you were behind Elvis, if you were on that side, the lasers would be you shooting away. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like if you were like whatever they play. They put that. They have sensor They have it. This all joking oh, the aside, yes. they have a sensory yes. deprivation station with they ways to protect your ears and, and ways right. to protect your eyes.
3: Which is another good point when you've got to give that away before your pregame <laughs> right? that, show. That just means it's great. Yeah. All right. That's like going
2: to an Iron Maiden concert.
3: <laughs> Next topic for you. Gerard Gallant has been hired as the head coach of the New York Rangers. I don't know which one is right, so I'll pronounce it both ways until the end of time. B. B. Any reasoning for that? Well, I'll tell you
2: what. He is a Jack Adams winner. I think he did a great job with the Golden Knights. And I just feel like he... Now, I think... He has a good shot of doing very well with the Rangers. Here's what I'm excited for. Does a coach get a
3: tribute video when he comes back to coach against the Golden Knights? Yes, 100% yes. He should. What's in the video for a coach? Because you don't really have...
2: Uh, some of his. Hey, if they put in the quote about Pete DeBoer, that, that's it. I mean, that's it. Put put lasers in his eyes. Have lasers coming out of his eyes. And instead of Elvis coming down, have a big gallant coming down with lasers in his eye and like a little like, something extra. If his they tribute,
3: if his tribute video is just his snarky answers to the media, it'll be the best tribute video yes. they've ever done. It'll be unbelievable to do that. But that's actually a good point. If you're Pete DeBoer and you're looking up and you're just like, oh, he called me a clown. Like, that'd be great. I'm just, I'm fascinated to see what happens when a coach comes. Let me see it with players. And it's fairly easy to root for former players that move on. I feel like a lot of Golden Knights fans love Gerard Gallant. Why wouldn't they? And he's going to be beloved when he does come back. And I'm curious how the team does that if he does get a tribute video. Because again, what do you actually put in that video? Even if you just showed him... Awkwardly standing on the bench. It's not even I don't know. Do you even have enough shots of that? It's fascinating. You, I mean
2: you've got enough awkward shots, yeah. <laughs> I made a
4: four minute montage when he was let go and it was entirely him mocking the media. Right. So like, you could absolutely do that. You could get that together real quick. And, and, well, and a lot of fans do. would love that. Yeah, I hope they
3: do. I just I don't know if you would, like, is that, uh, I don't know, would Gallant even like that if it was a, a two-minute video of him just mocking the media? How
2: about this? Every I would just have the video be every time he announced the starting goalie for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Granny's
3: Grades with our substitute, actually real teacher, Doug. You're the real teacher now. We have to change the segment. Oh, wow. Ed's now the substitute teacher.
2: That's right. Yeah, you're you the go. the
3: teacher. You actually gave an incomplete for something you didn't see, which is... Can't grade what I don't see. It's not what we do around here. No, We're no. giving out grades for everything. Thanks, Doug. We appreciate it. Talk uh, right. to Ed soon. Coming up next, Ed joins us. What? Hopefully he joins us. I don't know. Maybe he got kicked out of Raiders practice already.
0: Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Graney's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know, 702-720-4678, and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Live from the place of all the land, Henderson, Las Vegas Journal Review columnist Ed Graney is about to give us his eye test who is big who is fast which media member asked for a selfie find out now Ed how much land is out there in Henderson
5: a lot of land you know what the funny thing is I'm looking across the street now maybe this is where the aces facility is going but they got like hundreds of uh guys out there working and dump trucks and they're moving dirt and uh, that might be where the Aces is going. I'm not sure. It's like right across the street. Maybe that's where the Aces are going.
3: Moving dirt on the oh, Aces moving facility. Dirt. Moving dirt. That's Maybe. my
5: inside track here. They're moving dirt.
3: We have uh, Nathan Peterman overthrowing five yard out yep. routes and yep. moving dirt on an well, unknown construction <laughs> site.
5: I got a new one for you. Uh A new one for you. Ready? I am. Okay, it was uh, special teams. We didn't get to see much team. They kind of shove us off when the team starts inside. But I did get to see on that one punt. The fast guy, Henry Ruggs, he muffed the punt. Oh, so, oh, so you, know what? you know what? He's a fast muffer. <laughs> but I got, uh, I got uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we will now uh, refer to him until I see him catch a punt. Oh,
3: man, he can't. Uh, listen, your speed does you no good if you can't hold on to the ball.
5: No, no I mean, I, I, I saw. Uh, I don't know if I saw it right, but uh, Renfro was laughing over there saying, Not taking my job. <laughs> he's not taking my job. I'm a secure hands guy over there. I've never dropped one in my life. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we got the fast muffer, and then we, uh, as we went through the um, roster, last time I talked to you, I just was, my my assignment was uh, the guys, the key guys, but there were some guys missing, uh, Denzel Good, Colton Miller wasn't out there, Malcolm Koontz, Divine Diablo, and Isaiah Johnson, but, but, another update, the swimmers on the team appear to be Denzel Good and Malcolm Koontz. They were seen in the pool. So, oh. we got some swimmers and some muffers and, uh, yeah. Out here.
3: important. So Colt Miller, not in the pool. Does that mean he's still counting all the money from his extension? He got,
5: well, he's uh, apparently he's in the building. So he's probably back there. You know, uh, like, you know, how you like put the money in like the clips, you know, a thousand at a time. You like wrap it up. Maybe he's back there <laughs> wrapping. some. Maybe he's wrapped, wrapping some green stuff in the back. He's I don't got know. the
4: machine. It's just like,
5: <laughs> <laughs> and like the receipts coming out the top of the machine. He just keeps hitting buttons.
3: Okay. I, we do need to, to do something important in this segment. We need your official grades on some siren cranks.
5: Ooh, yes, we do. Oh, so well, let's, Ar- Arroyo's number one. Okay, I mean, we know
3: we know Arroyo's number yeah. one. We're two, grades, Ed. Granny's grades. Pretend like it's oh, Granny's oh, grades. Okay, so, okay, okay. first one, Check. Y- Yannick Ngakwe.
5: Uh, I'm trying to remember him last night. Well, I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm trying to remember. I'm gonna give him a B, but B. I don't really. I don't remember his. his Crank. It wasn't very fast, but the fact he woke up this morning got here on time, he gets a beat. <laughs> so he. Gets, I don't remember the crank, much. it wasn't fast. A lot of these raiders, they're winning when they do it, but they don't keep on the crank very much. They don't like do a royal like seven hundred of them. They just kind of do three or four and pound their chest and start screaming. Yeah. So I I'll give him. I'll give him a B. I don't. B. I gotta Be honest. I don't remember it, but uh, he was here at practice, so. I assume they're meeting at 5 before they come out at 7 so he at least woke up.
3: Yeah, I mean you should, you know, yeah. give I gave yeah. him an A for showing up. I gave him okay. an, an F though for the actual crank cuz it was Okay, so he got a C. Of the well, C. Sure. Of the Raiders <laughs> to do it, he was by far the worst. All right, the other okay. one to grade, Kevin Krueger.
5: Uh, I gave him an A. I've a. never I mean, what? I mean, I give him an A because I've never seen that kid so emotional. The face, the facial expressions. He's been. He's so much like his dad, where he's mm. kind of calm, and you know he doesn't. You know he, he's. You know it's, if he's. As, as I tweeted, if that guy's like that, like during basketball season, it's going to be great. He might get teed up a few times. It might show promotion, not, so never. Yeah. I'm, All right. Never, I'm getting, gonna teed an, never and, getting teed up. Never getting teed up.
4: And A. Hey. We can set the under over on him getting teed up at .25.
5: Uh, point two five
4: or two foot point five? No, 0.25, because he's never uh, getting teed up.
5: Ah, uh, I'm gonna say over only because I think they the uh, referees will think he's screaming at them, but he's screaming at his team because it has ten points, fourteen minutes in. So. The uh, refs might think he's, either, he's screaming at him, but instead he's screaming at his players to make a shot.
3: The only way he's getting teed up is if he says something specific really quietly under his voice and the referee <laughs> he hears <said> it. it. <sighs> yeah,
4: <he's> like... <laughs> he like
5: whispers to Dave Hall.
3: Yes. You're yeah, gonna
5: Dave Hall and he gets teed up. I <laughs> thought he was it. good. Like I said, he was you know, he, it, the great uh, you might have put it up there. Someone put a screenshot of his face at like the most intense and emotional time and I thought, Wow, look at him. Uh He's like Lon at the house, drinking a few diet cokes, getting fired up.
3: So we had Doug in here last segment to be the substitute grader, and okay. um, just to let you know, Doug said that he likes the segment, but he vehemently disagrees with most of our grades for the
5: siren cranks. Oh, well, we're going to join the party. <laughs> I mean, you know, you put you put this <laughs> you put this stuff out there, and everyone's going to disagree with opinions. Um, I, I think Arroyo tops it, and then everyone else kind of you and I have disagreed on. Um, so I think we've both agreed Arroyo, and then after that, like, it's all subjective, I think. No, I don't think anyone's kind of come close to that guy.
3: No, not at all. It's going to be Tom Cable or Bust whenever they get Tom Cable up there. Well, Tom Cable's going on.
5: He's he's a fan. I actually... I texted someone that at the Golden Knights you guys are missing out. I mean, this guy, you have him up there and you know, he might the thing is, he might throw that siren into the crowd and like kill somebody. No, so that he, wouldn't be good.
4: He's going to hammer throw it into the crowd.
3: Yeah, oh,
5: yeah, he'll, exactly. he'll make it
3: on the ice. There'll be a big <laughs> dent in the ice. They'll have to delay the game. Yeah, it's going to miss deadline because Tom Cable oh, threw the don't, siren under the that. ice. Hey,
5: we are smooth with deadline now when it gets down to four teams. Nothing oh. over a six o'clock start. It's beautiful. I love this time of year. Your favorite. Um, <laughs>
3: what What are you watching right now? Is anybody still practicing?
5: No. Uh, like I said, when they go to team and they go inside, we are shuttled back to the media room. Oh. So we do not watch team. That's so. I'm brutal. watching. I'm watching. Uh, well. Cassie ran over to me because her Venmo got more money because uh, of that stupid dog. And then Heidi and I were just talking about what we're doing for the for the paper and what videos we need. But Cassie's in there with a huge smile on her face because she, she keeps hitting Venmo and people keep sending her money for the stupid dog picture stuff.
4: Ed, do you ever just feel like the review journal's dad? Like you're just like you're like on a vacation and you have to supervise Adam Hill and, and Heidi Fang. And I really only I really, really have to
5: supervise Cassie. Like she's like the child of the group. Like everyone else, is kind of like you know, hey, put the heads up. Functional like Kat, adults. We have to supervise cast. Yes, we have to supervise cats. She's great at what she does. She's very talented, but uh, she gets. What, now she's gone. Now she's gone to the point where they're actually they're actually doing storyboard stuff with a boyfriend. He's become like DiCaprio, and he's <laughs> acting now. So now they're. The other day, she showed me an acting Good one where it took God. six takes. He took six takes because he was. Running scared with the dog doing all these scared faces like he's DiCaprio and oh they've gone off the rails with this thing with this dog.
4: Didn't she say she would never stage anything?
5: That was oh, what she, she staged said. This. She took six days. She said like action and the boyfriend had this surprised look in his face and he started running. The dog was running after him up some hill and stuff. I mean they're storyboarding the whole action.
4: She's getting money for it. I would oh, be yeah. too. Yeah. Are you? Every kidding time she me? hits
3: Venmo, someone's giving her money. Listen. I enjoy the job I do. If I could get paid to make videos with my dog all day instead, <laughs> phenomenally better. Undoubtedly, much better job to have. What? If I was Cassie, I don't know if I would have showed up to Raiders practice today. Cause I'd be shooting more videos. With Archie. Are you
1: also? To- oh, Hold on.
3: it's Cassie. Hey, Cassie. Yeah.
1: I was listening because I'm like, I know this guy's going to talk some mess. Yeah,
3: of course he is. Is
1: he the dad of the group? Yeah, a little bit. I'll answer that question. I'll say yes. Yeah,
3: well, he's a, he's a bad driver, and everybody's afraid to ride with him, but he still demands to drive. We do have a story about him failing to take a nap. So, yeah, he's pretty yeah, on top, he's, of, yeah. oh, pretty on let's top add of the Oh, let's right add goes.
1: one to it. He goes, "Cassie, why am I not able to get phone calls right now? He had his do not disturb on <laughs> and didn't know how to take it off. I said, "This is see this little moon? It means you can't get any incoming calls. So I, I showed him how to work his phone this morning also. Oh,
3: yes, he is definitely the dad of the Review Journal. That's good. He is. That's good. a good dad. You guys all need to be put in your place, I guess.
5: You know what I think of that, right, Jared? Do you know what I think of that?
4: No. What? <laughs> oh, I I literally told him before I got him online. Dude, if you need to go, like, if you need to go do, like, any sort of work, just uh, hang up on us and go. I didn't expect. Just, he's gone. Joining us next, one of Ed's children, Ben
0: Goats. Are stats hogwash? Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney.
5: Montreal still in the zone. Out high Gustafson, right side of shot, quick stick and front
0: save, rebound score! Cole Caulfield, his first Stanley
3: Cup playoffs goal, and Montreal is on the board. 2-1 Vegas with eight minutes to go in the second period.
0: You're sitting in the press box with Grainy and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at @Grainy and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from the Review
3: Journal is Ben Goats. Ben, how are you?
1: Not bad. Hanging out. uh, Actually at home for like three consecutive days for the first time in a (laughs) long time. So it's been good to actually, you know, experience my own bed again. (laughs)
3: Um, We do have an important Review Journal-related question. Uh, Would you say it is an accurate portrayal to call Ed Graney the dad of the Review Journal Sports Department?
1: Oh, I think it's pretty pretty straight on. I mean, personally, like, you know, Ed's been obviously a very good mentor to me. We got some young guys, you know, coming up, me and Sam Gordon. Uh, We used to have uh, Justin Emerson before he, uh, you know, to trade us and move to the paper that <laughs> shall not be named um you know, ed has been very good like he was driving us around as we were going on our road trips to colorado you know he's working out in the gym staying in shape while the rest of us are going out uh, doing uh other activities maybe you know at, <laughs> at night so i think that's Smoking like free on brand honestly uh based on a. Uh, how he's
3: been uh, behaving over the course of this playoff run yeah i mean we so we have um his driving which uh is questionable and uh, a lot of people are but afraid to get in a car with him on it. but he insists on driving anyways which is a very dad thing to do we have had a story in the past of him trying to fall asleep in one of the rooms at the review journal but it had a motion sensor light and every time he rolled over the light came on and annoyed him which sounds like a very dad thing to do and We just heard from Cassie Soto a couple minutes ago that he couldn't get any calls this morning, and she had to turn off his do not disturb on his phone. Which sounds like something I've had to do for my dad as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Ed had no concept of how to get directions when we were (laughs) moving around uh, Colorado, so I was always on that. We had to teach him. I had to like, you know, show his health screening at one point to get into Colorado because uh, he was worried his phone was going to die. Like a very dad thing is he's always got to bring his charger everywhere because his phone is constantly running out of battery. Why? I don't know. Uh, but this this all feels very, you know, part of a piece when it comes to uh, Ed Graney. All right.
3: Good to know. Now, on the Golden Knights and <laughs> Canadians.
4: We got the important stuff out of the way.
3: So the Golden Knights win that game and they dominate the second and third periods of that game. But the first period, Montreal, even though they went behind, was really good. Does that happen again? Like how likely is it that Montreal has a period or even maybe a game where they look that good again in this series?
1: Could it happen? Like absolutely. Like we've seen, we saw it happen multiple times in the Minnesota series, where even though there were stretches where the Golden Knights were dominant, just like they were in the second and third period last night, Minnesota still had a ton of stretches where they looked very, very good. And I think Montreal, I mean, heard it all, in you know, the last three, four days leading up to the series. That's the comparison that, Golden Knights players, Coach Pete DeBoer, even general manager Kelly McCrimmon kind of drew that this team sets up a lot like Minnesota. So I think when Montreal really gets into its forecheck is really throwing kind of pucks and bodies to the net like they did in the first period last night, stretches like that are going to happen. now do I expect them to happen that frequently? No, because I don't think, you know, top to bottom, Montreal is probably as good of a team as Minnesota and the Knights still got past them in seven games. So I think You know, the Knights had a little bit of a feeling out process last night just because you can watch as much tape and watch as many playoff games on TV as you want of a potential opponent. But until you kind of get in the ring with them, um, you know, it's just always going to be a little bit different. So I think the Knights kind of took it on the chin a little bit in the first period, figured some things out, you know, kind of fell back onto some habits that they had against Minnesota. And, you know, look, it really, really obviously worked for them where they outscore Montreal 3 one over the final two periods, they're pretty much dominant while doing so until the last four or so minutes when the Canadians pulled Carey Price. So I think they already know the blueprint for success against this team. They saw what happens when they get away from it early in that game. And so I think they really have, are going to have a clear idea of what they need to do when game two starts tomorrow.
3: Who scores first in this series, Nick Suzuki or Max Pacioretty?
1: So That's a good question. I thought Nick Suzuki's line was actually excellent last night and they created a bunch of good scoring chances as well you know weirdly last night and kind of lost in the night's overall dominance was the fact that you know mark stone max patch ready and chandler stevenson uh, did not have an incredible night chandler stevenson had one assist because he had a face-off win on the night's first goal from shay theodore but you know stone and patch ready each only had one shot on goal stevenson i believe just had one shot on goal and of course that assist So it was not their best night which you, know, you could view that uh, as a bad thing for the Knights, or you could view it as a very good thing that they overall were dominant against the Canadians without their best guys really kind of taking over the game. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's Suzuki just because I thought his line with Tyler Toffoli and Cole Caulfield uh, played really well last night. They were the Canadian line I noticed the most. And uh, you know, Suzuki was on the power play that scored the one goal for Montreal. He was just, I think, a pass or two away from him getting a secondary assist there. So, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if next game uh, he gets one.
4: Isn't everyone a pass (laughs) or two away from getting a secondary assist? You
1: know, it's fair. But there was some good puck moving on that power play. I gotta give it... They they had the same play twice, which you almost never see happen, where Caulfield misses the net. And they're like, you know what? Let's just run this entire thing back. And they do the exact same thing, then I don't defend it again. And Caulfield actually hits the next net this time. And they score. So... You know, they run that play a bunch of times. There's probably one where Suzuki ends up getting an assist on it.
3: Okay, the Golden Knights, they got uh, goals from Alec Martinez and Nick Holden last night. That is now three in the playoffs for Martinez, two for Nick Holden. Uh, you can throw in things like the Matthias Janmark hat trick against Minnesota. Are they going to keep getting this depth scoring through the rest of the playoffs?
1: It's definitely possible with the way they're set up. I mean, you saw last night, you mentioned the Janmark goal. The Canadians really had no answers for the night third line with Alex Tuck's speed. He was just creating so much havoc uh, for them because they didn't have anyone that could keep up with him. And so that's kind of the key element that's been powering this night's run. Is we saw, especially in the Colorado series, where you know a lot of the time Colorado was really a one line team. Where you know in the games where McKinnon's line wasn't going, the Avalanche weren't going, and some of the Avalanche's depth guys like Patrick Nemeth, and I believe he was game four at T-Mobile Arena, was really a liability where you know, you can see the Knights' 3rd pair defenseman and Nick Holden gets another goal last night, and he's been really impressive this postseason with seven points in his 11 games. So the scoring is obviously not going to be there every night for these guys, but the key with the Knights is they have so many guys who are able to score that you can count on someone being able to step up. I mean, game six against... The avalanche, it was the fourth line with Keegan Colisar and William Carrier getting two goals. Are they gonna do that every night? No, but if they can do that, you know, once or twice a series, that's obviously just a huge boost for the Golden Knights because they know more often than not, you know, their top line is going to do something in a game, or even their second line is going to do something in a game. And then even in games like last night, where for the most part, you know, like I said, that top line didn't actually do too much. Uh, Riley Smith was very good on the second line. He had two assists. But the Canadians can stop kind of one line, but they can't stop them all because they're just not as deep as the Golden Knights. And that's really been their key to victory throughout this postseason. Is they've just out teams so far through three rounds.
3: Is the uh, Golden Knights fans chanting flurries better at Carey Price one of their best chants ever?
1: Absolutely. I mean, this has... To- Uh, burn Carey Price that he's playing against Marc-Andre Fleury. really is contemporary and I think probably two of the most respected goaltenders in the NHL and he knows that Fleury grew up about uh, I think it's like 80 some kilometers from Montreal 50 some miles so you know Fleury's locked in he wants to prove that you know he's the best in it he's the real kind of Quebec guy and Price goes to Las Vegas gets chirped that just can't feel very good, even though he made some spectacular saves last night. I thought it was beautifully simple and savage, and I'm sure that was ringing in Carey Price's ears for a while after he stepped back into the locker room last night.
3: Do you think Canadians' fans are disappointed they've had Carey Price for this long instead of Marc-Andre Fleury?
1: You know, when a guy wins an MVP trophy as a (laughs) goaltender, and he's one of only eight (laughs) to ever in NHL history, I think you're pretty okay with how it uh, plays out, and obviously... (laughs) The Canadians as a whole like, haven't been that great around him. This is actually Kerry Price's. I believe it's the second trip to the conference final ever in his history. And the first one, I think he got hurt in. So he hasn't really taken part in a series this late in the postseason yet. So I'm sure they're disappointed they haven't built a good team around him so far. But, you know, overall, as a goalie, he's worked out pretty okay for them. The rest of uh, the roster that's kind of uh, let him down in recent years.
4: How sad are you that you're not going to be able to go up to Montreal?
1: I'm pretty bummed just because, one, obviously, the incredible hockey history that Montreal has. I mean, 24 Stanley Cups and additional 10 final appearances. I mean, who knows how many Hall of Famers uh, that team has had. I would have been really excited to check out the Bell Center uh, because I've never been and just kind of walk through almost, you know, what would feel like a museum of the NHL and its history. So that part would have been really, really cool. And then, two, Montreal is just such a unique city that I would have loved to experience it where it's, you know, truly bilingual. There are obviously a lot of English speakers in Montreal and a lot of French speakers because it's a French-Canadian city. And so it's, you know, I think a very rare kind of city just culturally in terms of having that bilingual access or aspect to it. And I would have been really fascinated to check that out. Now, I do not speak French, so I probably wouldn't have been able to access everything about that that I would like to, but that would have been just really cool to experience so you know and plus just the thrill of seeing a canadian fan base get fired up at playoff time i think would have been really exciting to enjoy so for those reasons i'm really bummed about not being able to go am i happy i kind of get to rest up and actually see my girlfriend and dog for a little bit
3: overrated yeah, that's overrated that's,
1: that's fair but well
4: I mean, the French people, I mean, even the French Canadians are known as a very accepting group. So (laughs) you would be you'd be fine if you didn't speak French like they they would they would reach out to you.
1: That would be great. And then they could probably, you know, teach me some French so I could see all of the mean things that I'm sure the Golden Knights. French speaking players are saying about us to the French media on these zoom calls that I sit <laughs> through while they're doing interviews in French. That'd be really helpful. Right.
3: Isn't that, isn't that what you assume is happening when they ask questions in French? They're just trash talking the rest of the people on the zoom call.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope they begin every answer in French with like, Oh, finally a good question. <laughs> Not like One day I'm just going to hear my name get pronounced in French uh, from, you know, Jonathan Marshall or something and be like, wait a minute. And, you know, I'm going to hire a French interpreter to translate it for me just to see what they're saying about me. I have a feeling that's coming at some point in this series.
3: Pronouncing your last name in French, do you think you'd get goats, gets, or gots?
1: Ooh, I believe probably gets. So they they do hear it on the Zoom call. That's the one. They don't see my face anymore. They haven't seen my face in a year and a half because of these Zoom calls. But they do hear my name basically every day because they announce who the question is coming from on these Zoom calls. So I would hope they'd have the pronunciation down by now. They're just like, yeah, I think that's the tall one, is what I assume their uh, description <laughs> of me would be. All
4: right, this is my last question for you. Why Why do we? Why do we fat shame hockey players by calling them heavy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a beautiful, lovely, endearing hockey term. You know, you, you got to have some big guys, big guys out there. Just like you got to have some heavy uh, linemen in football. Sometimes it's an asset, and the Knights are sh- certainly throwing their weight around a little bit in this series. As were the Canadians, they're just so much bigger and stronger, um, especially on the back end, than the Colorado Avalanche. So it's a really different series that way. But, you know, I think we can just be open and honest about everyone's bodies. And like I said, in this case, it's a compliment. (laughs) You want to be heavy come playoff time. The Colorado Avalanche are getting dinged, I'm sure, right now for being not heavy enough in the playoffs. So it's, it's a lovely term of endearment for both these teams that uh, they are considered heavy hockey players. And they're definitely uh, showing that through uh, one game of this series.
4: I just want Pete DeBoer to say, you know, they're a big boned team. (laughs) (laughs) They're Husky.
3: Just call them too skinny. That's all we need to hear is they're too skinny. Well, he is Ben Goats, gets, or gots, depending on what language you want to talk to him in. Ben, we appreciate your time this morning.
1: No problem. Thanks, guys.
3: All right. Coming up next, I don't know what we're doing next, but now is your chance to win yeah. a Golden Knights hat, a two foot sub from Porta Subs, two foot, and get qualified to win two tickets to see game two between the Golden Knights and the Canadians on Wednesday. So, again, Golden Knights hat, two foot sub from Porta Subs, and you're qualified to win a pair of tickets to the Golden Knights take on the Canadians in game two. Phone number 702 364 1100. We'll take caller number 14 at 702-364-1100.
0: Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know.
2: 702-720-4678.
0: It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM.
3: Congratulations to Roger. He is qualified to win a pair of tickets to game two between the Golden Knights and Canadians. He also won a Golden Knights hat and a two-foot sub from Porta Subs. Uh, Tomorrow is game two, but we will be giving away that same exact prize tomorrow morning. Uh, The sub from Porta Subs, the Golden Knights hat, and qualification to win tickets.
4: And if you're listening to Cofield and Company on your way home, they will also be qualifying some people and giving away a two-foot sub. So make sure you listen all throughout the day.
3: Yes, so you can get a chance to go to game two, which if I remember correctly, Alan Snell tweeted out a graphic from someone that this is the second most expensive, uh, like average ticket price in Golden Knights history behind the Stanley Cup final from the first season. Jeebus. So you qualified to go for free. And you get a sandwich and a hat.
4: I don't think they'll let you in with the sandwich. They'll so get the sandwich first. Probably
3: not. Yeah, that's a good point. Although they should. you want it with the tickets. You should be able to walk right in with your two-foot sub. <laughs> it's a big sandwich. Might be Might be a hazard. Can't see it. By the way, did you see the
4: beach ball? Yeah, During actually. The, game, yeah. the pink beach ball getting hit up in the air yeah. and blocking the camera. Yeah. I was, I was genuinely confused about what was going on on Twitter. All right. We have, we have a little bit of time left, and I have a lot of questions. My first one, you were up in Reno. Did any Nevada fans come up to shake your hand like every single time Nevada plays UNLV <laughs> and you're out at the stadium? I have seen this happen, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler is very, very popular among the uh, Nevada fans. I
3: basically didn't leave the one house I was staying at the entire time. So I didn't exactly go to anywhere in Reno.
4: Okay, because my next question is, did you go to a casino and see someone smoking through a stoma?
3: I don't even know what a stoma is.
4: It's a hole in your throat?
3: Oh, yeah. No, I did not see that either. Okay. It's just one one house pretty I much the entire time. I have only ever seen
4: that one time in my entire life. That wasn't on a commercial <laughs> to make you stop smoking. And it was in Reno. And I went, turn around, leave. I will give you one complaint.
3: Why the hell is the only way to get between the two biggest cities in this state one-lane highways? Have you ever driven to Reno?
4: Yeah, but I was a passenger. So I have an accident.
3: percent of the drive is a one-lane highway. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what in
4: the hell was that? We don't like, have income where, tax, we can't build roads. Why the hell did we give the Raiders so we much gave, money? Yeah, we gave we, all- we could have <laughs> built a two-lane highway to Reno. The 215 has been under construction for 15 years. We gave the money to the Raiders. We got a fancy
3: stadium. I have not had to drive into the lane of oncoming traffic to pass a car that was going slower to me since I moved here from Mississippi. Like, in Mississippi, that's pretty common. But nobody lives in the damn state, and the only thing you have to pass is a tractor going 17 miles an hour. In Missouri,
4: there are, you said one-lane highways. There are one lane. Yes, single lanes (laughs) for both directions. Yes, like, I get
3: it in Mississippi. Like there's nobody in that state and it's you're just connecting these small little towns if that If you have to go off
4: road, your car's probably built for yes. it.
3: But he, what are we doing? Like and it's not like there isn't space. The, all there <laughs> is a the space. The
4: damn desert.
3: I am so like I was We listen, I don't know <laughs> where it is. It's like 20 minutes on 95 north of Vegas. You get out there and all of a sudden it goes from two lanes each way to one lane each way and i was like oh what the hell and then on top of that this damn one lane highway drives just straight through these tiny towns like just straight through Tonopah, straight through Beatty, straight through whatever the hell mina nevada is
4: hey, hey don't talk down about Beatty. i know the guy who voices their commercial
3: <laughs> like i'm like why, why can't why are we not going around there's plenty of space to just go around And no, I've got to slow down to thirty-five miles an hour. You have to stop at a stoplight on the highway to a
4: stop sign. (laughs) Who's in charge of this? (laughs) I just. All right, so uh, we go down to Arizona every once in a while. My favorite thing is that there's a roundabout on the highway. Just hit it,
3: go airborne (laughs) over the median, and keep going straight. They won't catch you. It's a one-lane highway. It's going to pass 20 people to get to you.